crypto, Bitcoin. You hear the terms, but should you even care? And are these really the currencies of the future? How do these things even work? Well, I'm Aaron Greger, and these are the questions that I wanted the answers to. So I started a podcast. Join me and explore the topic of cryptocurrency with my friend Gary Leland and other industry experts. Welcome to Clarifying Crypto. I'm going to record here. I'm going to record in two different spots here. Hold on. All right. Recording the video? Yeah, I'm going to record. I don't know. Okay, I just want to make sure. I don't want to be like, you know, picking my nose or something. (laughs) Don't pick your nose. (laughs) Don't pick your nose. Just just save it for at least to the end. Okay. All all right. So welcome to our very first episode of, I'm officially calling it Clarifying Crypto. I've got the domain. We've got the .com. So I'm going to go with that. I've been I've been wondering for I've been wondering for like three weeks what the name of the show was going to be. I know I didn't know like I didn't we so I'm Aaron Aaron Gregor. This is Gary Leland. Hello, Gary is the what's your technical title now when it comes to crypto? You're a crypto podcaster, but that's my handle I go by. But I'm the crypto boomer. I think I think I may be switching to the crypto boomer because there's a lot of a lot of this okay boomers giving boomers a hard time. So I'm sticking yes. up for the boomers because. I can tell you the people who get upset about okay boomer are not boomers. <laughs> I just boomers about, are happy. <laughs> well, I just learned about okay boomer like a week ago. I had no idea about this hashtag or anything. So, uh, but Gary, okay, so list off. You've been investing in crypto now for a couple of years. You're a Bitcoin maximist, which yes. means I think Bitcoin is the only coin you need to have. It's the only true coin. Uh, the rest of them pretty much are. Is this going to be R rated or what's this? The, what uh, we, we can swear. Might as well okay. swear. Go for Might it. Might as well because everybody else does. I mean, yeah, you know, I think I think, I think it's just baby boomers who don't swear anymore because <laughs> we were told not to when we were kids. <laughs> exactly. But I think, but but actually, this really must not be much of a swear because everything else, according to a Bitcoin maximalist, is a shit coin. Okay. And they said it in Congress. It's on the congressional record. The congressman said, "So you have Bitcoin and you have shit coins." So okay. I mean, I think it must be okay to say that. So everything else is a shit coin. Okay, so that's what you believe. So list off. So you've been you've been investing in in Bitcoin for a couple of years now. You have several shows about Bitcoin. Can you list them off? The, yeah, if you go to cryptopodcaster.com, you can okay. see that's the center page. But I have four minute crypto show that comes out every day. It's one news article every day in four minutes or less. I have the Crypto Cousin Show, which I just got through doing a show. Switched over from that to this. That comes out once a week. I have What is Bitcoin podcast. I have the Railroaded podcast. I have the BitBlock Boom podcast. And then I have the Clarifying Bitcoin Crypto podcast that I'm on. Okay. <laughs> and that so is have- it's Clarifying Crypto, right? Clarifying. Oh, yes. This is Clarifying Crypto. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even know what I was talking about. I didn't even know. I'm not even used to my own name yet. That's okay. I'll get there. But, okay. So, you, and here's why... I'm pretty involved. In, You're in, pretty involved, yes. And you host Bitcoin Boom. You, I know you have the podcast, but you host an event of Bit the same Boom. name, Bitblock Boom. Bitcoin Maximus event. You can't okay. even, you can't even pay me to like set up a table if you like are saying I got something for another coin. Okay. Besides Bitcoin, you can't even come. I don't even want you there. All right. So you you know what you're talking about, but here's and we talked a little bit about before we hit record. You've been obviously talking about Bitcoin for a while. I took your advice, not, we'll get into why I didn't get into it at the very beginning, but about a year and a half ago, I bought my first Bitcoin and just have been, I know. So I'm like, I'm like a seasoned investor too. Although I just, (laughs) although I just bought, that's all I did. But, you know, we were talking about this and in, in, in doing this podcast, first of all, you're not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial advisor. We're not giving financial advice. That's correct. I have a hard time giving any kind. I can't even give dating <laughs> advice. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I'm not, I don't know if you consider yourself an expert, but by no means am I. No, I don't. I consider myself, I know more than the average person. Okay. And I know about as much as the average person. So what this is, is just me learning. I mean, truly, I'm not trying to say I'm an expert. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm I want to get more involved in this. This interests me. And I know you and I have the same well, philosophy of podcasting. Basically, Aaron, let's just tell everybody happened. We were at a conference yeah. in San Antonio a few weeks ago. Yes. And we were, you came up and we were talking about Bitcoin. I said, well, we yeah. do a show and yes. I'll teach you Bitcoin. And that's we've done podcasts separately and we've known each yes. other a long time and we both kind of respect each other. 
Yeah. And so we just decided to do a show together about Bitcoin. So if someone wants to, you know what, the show is really going to be good, I think, Aaron, is for someone who wants to learn about Bitcoin. Because that's the way the Crypto Cousin show started. I didn't know yeah. Bitcoin and my co-host did. Yeah. And there's a point where right now you're asking questions that a lot of people are asking. Right. And so if they follow this show, starting with this episode, and if they stick with us week after week, they're going to progress as you progress. And I'll be progressing also. But they'll progress with us. And they'll, by the time we get to episode 50, yeah. you're going to know a lot. You know? Exactly. And I think I told you that even then. Yeah. And I think what it was, where I have a lot of respect for you too is that, okay, so in 2017 is when you got into it. If you watch the history of Bitcoin, there was a huge rise in Bitcoin, very quick rise. Yes. And everybody and their mom was an expert. Everybody jumped in and then it crashed. And then, like I was telling you when I was doing the research for this, all of a sudden, all those people that were praising Bitcoin disappeared. And you've really been there the whole time saying, yeah, we got a dip. It's okay. It's coming back. Like, this is why. So can you- And I added more shows during the dip. And so this I went from one show to like six. You went (laughs) all in. a daily show. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you went all in and you continue to do your event. So just, I mean, we're going to get into like what it, like all the details, but like on a high level, if, if, if I met you, uh, at, a, at an event or something, and I said, all right, tell me like the, the quick minute rah-rah of, of Bitcoin or, or you know even crypto. Can you tell me why you're so excited about this and why you continue to stay all in even when so many people kind of ran away from it? Well, you got two kinds of people, first of all, that are into crypto. You got people and 70% of the people who get into it just want to make some money. Yeah. That, that's the only reason they're in it. And let's face it, whether they want to admit it or not, that's why they're into it. Yeah. You have some people that are into it for the technology and the freedom that it brings to the world. And I'm kind of, don't get me wrong, you know me, I like making money. And yes. I'm the first person to say it. Me I'm too. not shy about saying it. I like making yeah. money. I think everybody should be honest about that. But I also think the technology of it is what really amazes me. You know, I was told about it probably when it was $100. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who had a machine going was mining and I was right there in his room. And he's going there in his office. He goes, yeah, this is a Bitcoin mining machine. I'm like, what is it? He goes, that's kind of like stocks. Right. And I wasn't interested at all. I said, well, I don't even mess with stocks. I give my money to a financial advisor who handles that for the most part and left the room. And I still know him today. And he's been on my show a couple of times. But then I went and I was speaking at uh, the Big D Design, which is a conference here in Dallas. And I was walking through the hallway and, you know, t- you know Tony, uh, yeah. Tony Sakala and Mitch Todd and a couple of people were all around and Tony was talking to him and I just walked up because I knew all these people and I was listening to what he, Tony was telling him about Bitcoin and I, when he got through, but he told it in a different met way. He wasn't telling it like it was a, a stock. Stocks, yeah. He was telling it about it as though it's technology. And when he got through, I said, wow, that's really interesting. And I knew about Bitcoin. I, I actually knew quite a bit about it, but I didn't know enough to be any more. I just knew it existed and I knew it was a currency. And so we spent all day talking, and uh, that's kind of the history there, which you didn't ask for. But that gets, okay. that's, that's where I'm yeah. kind of going to get yeah. into that. But to me, Bitcoin is a technology that uh, brings freedom to people. You know, a lot of people are unbanked in the world. I mean, actually, if you took the world and – you ever seen one of those pictures from this, the space shuttle or something where they show mm-hmm. the world at night and it's all lit up? Yeah. If you were to do that but change all those light bulbs – and only had the lights on banks. All the banks were lit up in the world. Yeah. And it was rotating around and you were watching and it comes to North America and it would be just glowing. There's so many banks. I mean, just sometimes four on a corner, one on yes. each corner. Yeah, where we live, yeah, in the Dallas yeah. area. But then you look down at South America and it's darkness. And you yeah. go to Africa and it's darkness. You go to Europe, that's pretty lit up again. You go to Australia, it's pretty lit up. So a lot of the world, people are unbanked because there are no banks. I mean, they just aren't. They have to travel 200 miles to get to a bank. Yeah. So now they have a bank on their phone. Yeah. They can conduct business. They can buy and sell stuff. They can transfer money. And that kind of technology is what interested me. Um, Okay. The the technology, just like the internet 
interest to me when I first saw it in 96. Yeah. When I started my first website, it was the technology of it. I just wish they had had computers when I was a kid in school. I had to wait till I was like 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was college. So tell me though, like when everything went up and I mean, you were had to be, okay, so you get in, it's going up. I know you didn't get in a hundred, hundred would have been even better, but you got in at like low thousands, right? Yeah, Initially. Yeah. yeah. So everything starts going up. You're like, whoa best thing ever oh yeah i came i came the prophet john the episcopal the the you know yeah. uh, <laughs> one of the one of the disciples i mean you know well but what happened when everything cracked like what were your thoughts when like that first crap were you expecting it a little bit at this point were you like oh crap what have i got myself no, i actually expected it to keep going i mean okay i didn't see any reason but in hindsight now i should have but hindsight is 2020 yeah um but i learned a lot since then so I was pretty comfortable and I actually wrote it down. I still have that Bitcoin that I watched to go up and watched to come down mm-hmm. and I still have it. And when it got to the bottom, I bought more, you yep. know, and I bought a, you know, cause I sold, uh, I owned the conference part of a conference podcast yeah. movement. And I basically, when I received the money for that, I bought more and it turned out to be the bottom, you know, and it was just, I just thought it was time. So yeah. Um, I think that if you look over the history of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. you know, Bitcoin's been declared dead like a thousand times. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, okay. it's been like a thousand times that it's been declared. That's it. It's over. It's not coming back by people who are intelligent people, supposedly. And the same line uh, that we've seen as far as rising, maybe in 2017, the hockey stick was a little more, mm-hmm. but for the most part, that same rise has happened five times and dropped back down. Okay. And so, uh, for instance, these numbers aren't going to be exactly correct. I'm just using these as an example, yeah. but maybe Bitcoin went from 50 cents to $35. Then it dropped back down to a dollar, let's say. And okay. then it went from that dollar to $125 and it dropped to $35 and then it went to a thousand and it dropped to one thirty-five. And then it went to, uh, I think it had, when I got in, it had already gone up and back down again and it was down and yeah. then it went back up again. But every time, what I'm saying though, is every time Bitcoins reach these new all time highs mm-hmm. compared to what it was, it's dropped. People yeah. sold, people going, I'm making a ton of money. I'm going to get out of this and make some money. And now you have, cause it's on the CMBE, and things like that. People are shorting it like they would stocks, you know, so there's a lot of things that happen and it drops. But every time that it's dropped for the last five times, it's taking me a long time to say this, isn't it? No, it's no, gone. it's good. Okay. When it goes up, yeah, it's gone up higher than before. Yeah. So it's never, it's never in the history of Bitcoin gone up and dropped. And never it, came back. It's gone up a little. It's always gone up higher than it did the time before. And so I felt actually... I've never had any concern on it going from, I had more of a concern. It had, there was a point that it doubled mm-hmm. um, while I had it. And then Bitcoin cash came out, which is a whole nother story. Yeah. But we're going to yeah. cause a whole nother thing though. Yeah. And it dropped drastically over two, three day period. And that's what I was getting. That was the drop. I didn't want to get into Bitcoin cash and I was panicking. Yeah. Like, oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. I just put all this money in here and now it's, it's dropping and it's almost at what I put in at. And, uh, you know, if it keeps going down, I'm going to be below what I put in. And I was calling people and they were going, oh, you're just going through your first uh, drop. You'll get it's over okay. it. Okay, yeah. The congratulations, you're, through, you're in your first one. And they were right. Within a month, it was back up and it went all the way to almost 19,000, I think, actually. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's just a matter of once you ride through one of those, you're pretty comfortable. Yeah. yeah. No, if there's one thing, and I want to ask more about, but if there's one thing I've learned in the year and a half, so I've been watching it and what I just do, this is my strategy. Again, not a financial advisor giving advice, but my strategy is I watch it. I do not, this is the hardest thing is to get emotional, especially when it starts going up and you're like, oh, I should put more money in while it's going up. But I've learned just to sit back, uh, let it go up because that's good because that means my money's going up. And then when there's a dip, I just buy more. And I just watch every time it falls, like it's fallen when we're recording this is November 19th. We're recording this. It's like right around 8,000. I'm getting ready to buy a little bit more because it's, well, you know, uh, what a lot of people recommend is average price buying. Yeah. And, you know, basically if you bought Bitcoin when it was $19,000, if you started buying then, you know, the highest it's ever been. Yeah. And it's 8,000 today, right? 
Yeah. If you started buying at 19,000, let's say you bought $100 every week. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been doing that for two years. You're actually up right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you're actually up because it dropped, you know, down so yeah. low that that $100 you were buying was at like 3,200 and 3,300. Now it's at eight. So yeah. that's a good way for people to do it, whether it's once a month, once a week, whatever, instead of throwing all their money in and say, oh yeah, I'm buying today. I got a hundred thousand yeah. dollars or $10,000. Say, well, I'm going to buy some every week. And you, it's hard to really... I'm not an advisor either, but I don't know anyone who's really lost a lot of money if they held it buying. Most people I know lost money, sold it, because you don't lose any money in Bitcoin until you cash out. I know. And that's where people get freaked out. And they, I, I'll tell you, this is a, a, uh, advice in just investing. I had my own investment strategy, and then I watched this uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad class, and he would talk about the, the dips, and he'd set the ceiling or the floor, sorry, and then if it go below the floor, it would automatically sell. I'm still bitter about this advice. Seven years. I don't even know how long it's been, but it still makes me bitter because I bought Tesla at $35 and I bought it and they're like, set the floor just in case. And so I set a floor and it dipped and it sold it all off. I never buy it again. And then it went up to like $250. And you probably wouldn't have sold it if it didn't happen automatically. I, I wouldn't have sold it if it, I just would have let it be. And that's why I'm like, screw you out of your advice. So I'm, I'm, I've learned to live with the dips, but let me ask you this too, because when it comes to, to, to Bitcoin, there's been other currencies created out there. Uh, why has crypto Bitcoin specifically, why has it had the longevity that it's had? Because I think this is important to understand if I'm like trying to get in and interested in this. And compared to other cryptos? Or no, other currencies. Other currencies out there. Other currencies. Because people have tried to create other currencies. Yeah. But well, until never... Bitcoin came out, uh, you got to understand anything you put on your computer, you can duplicate. Yeah. Anything on the internet, you can copy just about and duplicate. Bitcoin was the first thing on the internet you couldn't just make a copy of. And until then, if I sent you a currency and I said, hey, here's a Gary coin. Mm-hmm. And it's worth a dollar. And you go, wow, thanks. You could just sit there and print them and go, I'm going to make a million of these and I got a million dollars. Yeah. And that is what Bitcoin, that's what Bitcoin did when Satoshi Nakamoto invented Bitcoin. He came up with the blockchain and that prevented people from duplicating uh, the currency because that was always a problem in the past. So he didn't invent everything. He took a lot of things from other people who had been working on it for a while. Yeah. But that was always the problem was, you know, you can duplicate the currency and then people, this guy's making, and I make $2 and I give you one and right. I give one to Joe and I just doubled my money. And so that's a problem that was, that's why Bitcoin took off. And a lot of people go, you know, well, someone else can do this and, and it could become the currency. But if you really think about it, let's use, you know, Isaac Newton invented the gold standard. Yeah. Most people don't realize that's a long time ago. That's the same guy invented gravity. I mean, it's a long time ago someone invented the gold standard. must have been pretty smart because we used that up until the 1970s. Yeah. But um, gold, as far as the gold standard goes, isn't the hardest mineral to find. It's not the hardest mineral to mine. It's not the most useful mineral. I mean, you can do a lot with it, but there are other minerals that that there are other things that work better. But it got the it was the first one and it got established. So that's why the gold standard is much stronger, even though no one uses it now. But that's why that's the standard everybody knows. That's why, that's why there's not a platinum standard or uh, right. you know, another standard. And that's the way Bitcoin is. It's the first one. It's kind of established in there. You know, it's gone 10 years without being hacked. In 10 years, it's still working. That's a long time. I mean, you know, in 10 years, a lot of people, a lot of smart people have been trying to figure out how to get in there and get some of that. Yeah. And no one's been able to do it. So, and it's done real good. If you think about 10 years, I mean, you realize the average lifespan of a fiat currency, I think is 23 years or 30 years. Really? Yeah. That's the average lifespan. I could be off by, but I'm pretty close. Yeah. I mean, it's not over 50 years for sure, but the average lifespan of a fiat currency. And then people go, well, how about the U S dollar? It's been here a long time. Well, it hasn't been fiat currency until 1973 or 72. That's when it became a fiat currency. So, you know, it's, it probably is the longest fiat currency that there is, right. you know, uh, at the moment. So, and, and you know what's happening with it, the way we're printing it. And so a lot of people are concerned about that, you know. Well, and let's, okay, let's talk a, lot, a little I kinda bit. I kind of like that. went to another subject. Too. No, because you know. I think, 
because I, you know, as people are listening to this, they're wondering, and here's how I look at it. So I like government. (laughs) Uh, I don't like what's happening right now, but like when it comes to certain things, I don't trust what's happening at all. So like, let's talk about healthcare. I listen, I'm happy there's hospitals around. I like doctors for when I need them, but I also am a a very true believer of alternative healthcare, right? I think there's other avenues to things. I don't think it's all in one. Uh, When it comes to the markets here, the money market, yes, like there's a lot of people making money in the stock market right now. How it's continuing to go up is frightening. I don't like I've anyway, but a lot of people think they're safe. Kind of going up like Bitcoin did in 2000. (laughs) Exactly. But it's it's even a little more frightening because it's like, where's the correction? But can we talk a little bit about like if somebody's going, okay, well, I've got a thousand dollars, right? So I've got, I can put it in an, an insured savings account or insured, uh, market account where yes, if it, if the market goes down, I'm not insured for that money. But if somebody hacks in and steals it, I'm at least insured. Can you talk about kind of robs the bank? Exactly. Your money's in the bank. You're insured. Yes. So kind of the false sense of security, maybe we, if that's a, a better way to approach it for as a question, but the false sense of security we may have by saying, well, you know, the U S markets are, are good. We've got a lot of money, uh, you know, just with what's happening right now, like why you shouldn't get excited if interest rates get lowered, why you shouldn't get excited about money getting printed. But can you talk about the false sense of security people may have with money right now and why Bitcoin isn't such a bad option to look at? Well, you know, there's a lot of things with money uh, when we talk about a subject that are kind of weird. For instance, you know, the money is controlled by the Fed. Right. And the Fed is a private company owned by banks across the planet. It's not even like they're all U.S. banks. Right. You know, most people think the Fed is the government because if you look at your dollar bill, it's printed by the Fed. It doesn't say anywhere on it. It's made by a private company. It looks like it's made by the U.S. government. Right. That's so, what you would think. Yeah. So it's made by a private company and controlled by a private company. And Andrew Jackson, he killed the Fed. A lot of people didn't want the Fed. Uh, Thomas Jefferson didn't want a Fed. Andrew Jackson killed the Fed. Keeps coming back. You know, uh, I had someone on my show about three weeks ago um, for the Congressional Dish is our show. We talked about the Fed. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the Fed controls our money supply, and the Fed is tickle pink. They want your money to drop in value two percent every year. They say that it's not a secret. They'll say we're getting it at our controlled rate at what we're looking for and what we want. It's dropping only in value of an inflation rate of two percent per year. So they're tickle pink. If you lose two dollars out of every hundred dollars per year. Which Do they make money if you lose money? Is that what it is? No, no. They think it stimulates the economy oh. uh, by having inflation for some reason. And so, okay. you know, but since it's not based on the dollar, it's not based on the dollar or on gold or anything. It's just based on whatever the Fed basically is telling us it's worth. And that's what they want to keep inflation at is 2%, which is not good. If you take oh. the value of a dollar and the Fed came out, and I'm going to be wrong with my year here, but the Fed came out like in maybe 1915 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it hadn't been around forever, the Fed as we know it today. If you take the value of a dollar it's, and say, okay, that, that dollar, and, and I'm going to use 1910 as the date. That dollar, let's say that dollar was worth a dollar. Mm-hmm. And so it's been 100 years, basically. Now that dollar is worth two cents. You know, that's how much the value of a dollar dropped at that wow. 2% every year. You know, and that's when they weren't printing. You know, what I, what, I, what I tell people is I did some math the other day. When I was a kid, I could buy a Coke and a bottle and a machine for six cents. And I'm 65 for anyone listening. And if you take that math, how much that Coke went up from six cents to to $2 now, let's say. You use that same math. My grandkids are going to pay $150 for a Coke if if it only stays the same that it is right, that it had in my lifetime. But in my lifetime, it was backed by gold for the first third of my life, where it hasn't been backed by gold for most people's lives, and there was no quantitative easing. Yeah. It printed billions and billions and billions of dollars, you know, so I would think instead of that Coke costing $150, it's probably going to be, and I'm not a mathematician, but I could see where it could be $250 for a Coke for my grandkids. It's crazy. So you don't want to save your money, right? And I think that's the goal of inflation. You don't want to save your money because it's going to be worth less, so you want to spend it. Yeah, you can get something for it, and that stimulates the economy. 
And that's yeah. what you were asking earlier. I think that's the whole objective. You save your money. You save your money a hundred years. You're giving your kids nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, and how do you convince someone who says, okay, well, all right, I get, it. I don't want it in a savings account or under the mattress. Cause that is bad. But if I look at the stock market or a good mix of stocks and bonds, on average, I can get a 10% increase of my money. Why would I take that guarantee? And I'm using air quotes for those who can't see. Why would I take that guarantee or and then not take that guarantee actually and throw it in some Bitcoin? It just, you know, some people may think that's well, silly. And like you said earlier, we're not financial advisors and we're not trying to right. give financial advice. I'm giving information that I've read. Right. No, and 100%. Know, yes. And I read an article um, that made a lot of sense to me on that. You know, if you take your statement you get every month from your retirement funds, your IRAs, you keep your money with TD Ameritrade, they send you a statement every month. They show you what your money did. Oh, this did this, it's worth this much this month. If you're value of your portfolio went down 1%. You wouldn't have a heart attack. You wouldn't right. go, oh my gosh, I lost 1% this month. I'm going to die. You just wouldn't. I wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this article I read, their, their thoughts were you should put 1% of your investments into Bitcoin. Yeah. And the worst case scenario is that it could go down to nothing. Right. But you wouldn't have, we just admitted, you wouldn't have a heart attack about, but it probably wouldn't go down to nothing. You probably get out before it went down to nothing. Right. But you do have a chance that it could go up 10, 20 fold. Yeah. You know, instead of 10%. So yeah. your, your gains may outweigh your risks in that case. You know, because there's a lot of people who think, I mean, a ton of people who think we're going to see twenty, twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars in two years. And there's a lot of people who think we're going to see a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, within two or three years. So if you put 1% of your wealth into it and they're right, you made a buttload of money. Yeah. If they're wrong, well, you lost 1%. Or so, even if they're halfway right, you're still made a buttload of money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the deal. It's, uh, yeah. you know, um, and, and everyone you ever talk to that does talk about financial advising is you should never put more than you can afford to lose in it anyway. Exactly. Well, I mean, same with the stock market. Yeah, like you yeah. should not be expecting to, you know, Walk yeah, away. I heard, I heard people selling their houses to buy Bitcoin. You know, that's high. So, yeah. And talking about like where I really got turned off on Bitcoin was, so it was that 2017 when I heard people just, okay, there's that, like refinancing or selling their houses to pop everything in Bitcoin. And for me, again, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's, we're talking investing, even though I'm not an investor, but so I've been investing in things for 20 years, whether it's real estate, businesses, uh, stocks, whatever. And I was in Arizona during 2004 when everything, like, you literally would buy a house. You'd put like money down on a house to get built and buy the, like a $200,000 house too. We're not even talking expensive houses, but you'd put that money down. By the time it was built nine months later, you'd walk away with a hundred thousand dollar profit. Like it was insane. That is insane. It was insane. And of course, obviously that didn't last. It was that bubble again. It was that bubble. So I remember Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad author, he said, because he was living in Fountain Hills and everybody's like, oh, you buying this real estate. Like everybody's overextending and buying. And he's like, I'm paraphrasing, but basically his advice was when everybody's jumping in, stay out. Like when you can't lose, get back. And that's so, like Warren Buffett says, when there's blood in the streets, you start buying. Yes, so it's exactly. The same, it's the same principle, but from the other end. Exact same principle. So when everybody was jumping in in Bitcoin at 2017 and every, all these every, all these people like buy a quarter of a percentage of Bitcoin and then they're the expert, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we saw right. so many of these. It just turned me off. It was a very, well, uh, as a woman, it was a very bro type atmosphere. It is. Bitcoin is a male thing for the most part for some reason. And I don't want to well, say feminist, but it is. There's a lot of men in it compared to women. And I think there's a whole technical perspective, which makes it, you know, like you've got the coding and the, you know, the blockchain, all of that, which I think it, there's that. But I think it just was this whole, like, you had a lot of people talking about it that should not have been talking oh, about sure. it. And they aren't talking about it now because price dropped. Exactly. Now, here's a funny, that's what my turnoff was. Here's a funny story for what yeah. you were talking about people buying high. Uh, last year, no, Earlier this year, I take it back. Earlier this year, we were in San Francisco. My wife and I was at a conference, and she doesn't care to go to conferences, but she likes to come with me. And we go a couple of days earlier, and we went to like 
the Redwood Forest and, you know, we do events and I go to my conferences and she wakes me up at three in the morning one night, actually wakes me up. I'm sound asleep and goes, Gary, Bitcoin's $14,000. We need to buy some. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, it's 14000 It's going to go through the roof. We need to buy some. I said, I'm not getting up out of bed in the middle of the night to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> You're like, sell the house. I can yeah. tell you, that's a tip I'm going to give everyone. Don't get up in the middle of the night and buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> Nothing good happens at three in the morning. <laughs> when you've been up for 10 minutes. Exactly. Well, ever, ever. I think the general rule but of people, anything you People do, do that, though. They get on yeah. that. They get FOMO, their fear yeah. of missing out. Yeah. You know, and that's the term, FOMO. They're fear they're scared they're gonna miss out on something and they buy in and drive it higher. Yeah. You know? So uh, but she definitely gets FOMO. <laughs> no, it's hard. Like I said, the, the biggest thing too is like taking the emotion out of it. I'm not like I don't care, whatever. But we can talk, let's let's go into the bro side of things just a little bit here sure. before we finish this up because you sent me a great article. Uh, it was from the Bitcoinist about a woman named Jessica Huseman, I guess we say her name, but it was about if a, basically if a guy starts talking about Bitcoin on the first date run and about like how women hate Bitcoin. And I know when you and I talked, I'm like, well, I want to try to get more women involved in this side because it's an interesting world. That, uh, that was a weird article, don't you think? It wasn't, well, the part that you and I were talking about this before, but it was a, uh, it, it was basically, well, they're trying to get more women involved, so we're going to create a wallet, and we'll do a whole episode on wallets and describe us, but we're going to create a wallet where there's no setup, and it's like, okay, we're not, women aren't stupid, okay? It's not that I don't know how to set up a wallet. It's just a matter of, I have 50 things on my plate. Is setting up a wallet important enough for me to take the time to figure out, right? Like, we're not stupid, but we just saw all these really stupid people or people acting stupidly, I should say, in 2017, preaching this. And I think we're, we're, we're smart. And so we're a little hesitant to say, is this something I should even look into? Uh, I don't think I'm married. I'm happily married. So I don't have to worry about, and my husband's not. So am I. Yeah. So we don't I've have to worry about 30, 34 years. So, <laughs> yeah. so we don't have to worry about dating and, and having a guy talk Bitcoin, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think women are as turned off by it, but I think, uh, to me, it seems we need like the right people being um, evangelists for Bitcoin to really describe it well and not right. just say, oh, you should invest in it because I just bought some and now I'm, you can't lose because that's horrible advice. Well, I think, but I think people, that's a natural tendency for people to get excited about it because they see the stuff happening on it and then they, want to, they become a disciple. And, yes. then they, and if you like something and you think it's good news, just like a religion, yes. you're spreading the faith, you know? So it's got a lot of things in common with religion or a cult, to be honest with you. But don't you think you should, I, I get your point. I just feel like you should have some substance behind it. Like, yeah. you know, if I were to go back to those- I'm not disagreeing with you, I'm just saying. I know, I know. And that's what I'm trying to, like, if, I, if you were to go back to those 2017 evangelists who aren't around anymore and you were to like really say, okay, why should I have invested in Bitcoin or whatever? Was it just because it was going up rapidly or did they really understand? No, no, I saw a show. This was a great show. The, the guy was one of the biggest, and he's in trouble with the government right now, I think. One of the biggest evangelists for BitConnect, which was a scam that was out in 2017. You might not even be familiar with this. But it was a multi-marketing thing for Bitcoin called BitConnect. It wasn't for Bitcoin. It's for BitConnect, another coin. And he was doing a show and on YouTube Live, and the guy said, what's the difference between a private key and a public key, which is a pretty basic thing once you know this. Yeah. And he's going, I don't know what the difference is. And he's like one of the biggest, you know, people on there. Wow. And he's going, I don't know what the difference is. I'm going, really, dude? It's like, what's your email address and what's your email password? You'd give out your email address, but you wouldn't give out your email password. And he's yeah. like, so there are a lot of people who didn't know, but they were just in it for the money. Yeah. You know, and that's what you were getting at there. So, uh, yeah. and there are a lot of people who, and, they, and he's not around anymore. And a lot of those people aren't making money and they're not around, but they'll come back. Yeah. What you know, you, I was going to say, why do you think it's so male driven? Um, I don't know why it's so male driven. It is male driven though. It I mean, is. I mean, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not yeah. saying it should be, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that's right. the way it, it is. It is. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. I had last year at BitBlock Boom, I had a hundred men asked to speak and not one woman. That's and crazy. so, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big believer that women 
are superior to men in a lot of situations, maybe all of them, superior to me at least ways, but I'm not going to give a woman any slack for being a woman. I'm not going to say you're a woman. I got to give you some slack and I got to come hunting your ass down and come get you to speak. You know what I mean? If you want to speak, you're stronger than me. Probably you can just ask. So um, I had no women speakers at my conference and I took some slack over that, but you know, that's just the way I am. Now this year I've got one so far. She asked to speak. All they got to do is ask. Yeah. I mean, pretty much and be a Bitcoin maximalist and they can speak at my event. How many women were at my event? Three, four. And I think I gave them tickets, you know, out of 125 people. So, and I didn't have anything up there saying men only could come. And they didn't know when the tickets were going on sale. I mean, you didn't know that it was going to be all men there. You had no idea. So they weren't, it wasn't like they were going, I'm not going to that. It's just guys. Yeah. So um, I don't know, but you're true. It is. Yeah. I'm not sure why it is. Except maybe women, you know, because they are, grow up having to take care of their husbands and their kids, most of them. Sure that, yeah. And uh, so since they're used to being caregivers so much and having to, like, watch their husband throw their money away, a lot of them, you know, uh, on shooting pool or drinking beer. You don't see a lot of women doing that. No. Going, ah, the guy goes, oh, you went out and drank beer all damn night, and here you hung over, you can't go to work. You don't hear that on the other hand. So maybe <laughs> because of the environment, you know, they're a little more suspicious of throwing their money into something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, though. Well, and I think there's a lot of, there are more technical components to it. I And that's where my interest is, too. Is, and you and I have talked about this. It's like, okay, well, to, again, I have, I'm using air quotes a lot, but like to get into Bitcoin, do I have to mine? Do I have to code blockchain? Do I have, you know what I mean? All of these different yeah. components where... Okay, not that women can't code. That's not what I'm saying. But if you were to line up all the women in the world, the majority of them aren't going to be into coding. That's just the way. I, it's just yeah. the way it is. I can't give you numbers, but I would be safe. Yeah, to there get are a lot more opinion. men that code than women. Yeah, exactly. That's and, a fact. I mean, it's not that they can't do it. It's just not as appealing. Yeah, and I just women. know. And and for me, it was like there's just so many, and there aren't. Like it's gotten a lot easier. But there were just so many steps to it. Okay, you have to, like, where do I invest? Is Coinbase the best? Do I, and then, oh, and then I have to take that. And I have to put it on a wallet. Okay, like, and I mean, I'm shooting you a thousand questions, right? So because of this, and, and to me in my world, it's not that I can't, again, it's like, is this worth me figuring it out? Or should I just put it into the safe bet of a stock market and and roll that way versus yeah. really taking the steps. And I think that's where we just kind of, we're, we're really that's where you have to kind of figure out. out what you're going to go with. Yeah, exactly. What it's, yeah. what it's worth. Can I, I think, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm just rambling. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask like to that difference of the ease. Can you talk a little bit? You've been doing this for two years, which your, your statement is it's beyond dog years. A year in Bitcoin is like 10 years in real life. Yeah. Dog years, seven years. I think Bitcoin's <laughs> 10 years. Exactly. So, how has it changed from the ease of use and mainstreaming of of being able to use this? How has it changed in those two years since you've been into it? I don't think it's changed enough on the front end um, okay. that you would see it. A lot of things change. Like now we have lightning and I'm running like at my facility here, two lightning nodes that I couldn't have even thought about setting up because lightning wasn't out. But I think that's one of the big things that's really going to make a difference in Bitcoin is lightning. Uh, and Satoshi's, you know, this is going to take a second, but I'll try. Yeah, to I was going to say, please explain those. Cause I think okay. we can assume a lot of people. Um, lightning is an overlying layer on Bitcoin. You know, it's like you have the internet and then you have FTTP and then you have secure networks and you have email. You have all these layers on the internet. They all weren't there when they built the internet. These things have been built and now they're building layers on Bitcoin on the Bitcoin network and lightning is out. Now lightning transfers Bitcoin, but it really uh, is, seems to be transferring it in Satoshis. Okay. Now, Bitcoin can be divided up into a hundred millionth of a, of a thing. And the smallest, a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin is called a sat or Satoshi in honor of the person who made it, Nakamoto, Nakamoto Satoshi Nakamoto. Okay. And so it's a sat. So right now, a dollar has maybe a thousand sats. Just give me a little math there to go. Yeah. With. Okay. So... The problem with Bitcoin for most people, now you got that part. Let me go to the next yeah. part. I'm going to jump over here. Yeah, go for it. problem with a lot of people in Bitcoin is people can't do fractions. They just can't. I mean, right. the average person, 
they come to work for me in my retail store. And my question I ask people was, what's a third of a hundred? Right. Cause they can't do a third of a hundred. They're not. I don't sure. want to count my money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they always nine out of 10 people will go. Here's my answer. Nine out of 10 people will tell me what, when I ask what a third of a hundred is, and I'm not trying to be mean to any listener who doesn't know this, but they go, I don't know. Math wasn't my best subject. Shut up. They don't know and what a third say, of a hundred is. And I always go, did you take it? I mean, that's my joke. I always wow. say, take it at all. And believe me, it's way more common than you realize. Someone told me that 20 years ago. And I said, oh, that's crazy talk. And he goes, no, no, I ask all my employees that. He goes, ask an employee and see when you're hiring them. So I started asking them and I was like, oh my gosh. And I still ask it 20 years later because wow. it's so true. So, so if you can't tell me what a third of a hundred is, okay, now we know where people's math is at, okay? The average person. Now people we hang out with could, but I'm just talking the average person that gets out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I tell you, uh, you need to pop, buy this item from me. To buy this item from me, you have to pay me 0.00001602 Bitcoin. Right. It's going to be looking like a sheep in the headlights, a deer in the headlights. Right. But, but if I give you that same shirt, you come in wanting to buy that same shirt, and I say this shirt is 50,000 sats, you go, okay, even though it sounds out of proportion, something 50,000, but if you know a sat's worth, a, let's say, a, a, a dollar, you know, you right. 50,000 sats, you know, well, that'd be a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it's a nice shirt. Let's just put it yeah, that Yeah, it's a really that. nice shirt. This is a super <laughs> nice shirt. But sats are easier math for people to do than mm-hmm. fractions of a Bitcoin. And I think yeah. that's the biggest thing that's happening right now is that you can buy stuff with sats. And once you get the math in your head, you can look at the sats and you go, oh, that's $5, that's $10, you right. know. Because you know the conversion, if you're doing it enough, it's like if you go to Japan, that stuff costs a ton of money in Japanese money. Right. You know, so it's not that unusual. But that's the problem, I think, with Bitcoin. And that's the biggest thing I've seen taken care of is the Lightning Network. And now you can buy with SATs. I got I to gotta buy something for someone today and he asked for SATs. You know? Oh. So, yeah. So that's pretty common now. And someone else said, he owed me $5, said, can I just pay you in SATs? So it's pretty common now. So... Have you found it's easier to spend Bitcoin too in the past two years or has that, has that not changed? Um, well, I really don't try to spend Bitcoin. I, try That's to what I don't it. look at it. Yeah. yeah. So when they ask me for, with, uh, if I could pay them in SAS, I say, hey, can, can I PayPal you a fiat? You know, I'd rather keep my crypto. You know, and then there's some people who go, well, you should help the Bitcoin network and you should spend Bitcoin. And if you bought something for $50, spend $50 worth of Bitcoin on it and then replenish your Bitcoin, you know, buy fit, but then you're paying an exchange fee. So you're losing money. That's a, that's a crazy idea. I'm going to pay this and then go buy more of it and lose money on the exchange fee. Cause people who sell Bitcoin aren't just selling it cause they love you. They're making this exchange fee, just like selling a buying a stock. Yeah. And so I'm really not on it. So I really don't like to sell my Bitcoin. And then when you sell your Bitcoin, that's when you got to pay your taxes. Exactly. So if you bought that Bitcoin for $10,000 and it's worth 20 and you sell some of it, you technically got to pay income taxes on it. How does that work though? If I'm selling it via a purchase versus, so if, Ooh, this could be a whole nother You're supposed episode. to be, there are, there are software programs for this. Yeah. But you're supposed to, and it's first in, right. first out. You so know, I can't sell like that. If I bought some at seventy five hundred, then bought some at thirty five hundred, and I sell some. Well, average, actually, it's going to be going up as the principal. Yeah. So if you yeah. bought some at thirty five hundred, and then bought some at ten thousand, and then you yeah. bought a shirt, the same shirt for this. I like expensive shirts. You bought the same shirt <laughs> for ten thousand one hundred dollars. Right. You can't go. Well, I just bought that Bitcoin for ten thousand, so I only made a hundred dollars. You know, I didn't make any money really. It's going to take the old stuff. $3,500 Bitcoin and you made $6,500 profit that you got to clear. Yeah, that starts getting really complicated, doesn't it? It is complicated. So they need to, the government needs to do something with that. And there are a lot of people in Congress and stuff that own Bitcoin. So they really need to address that because it's a nightmare. You can't go in and buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks with Bitcoin and go, okay, I just bought a cup of coffee for $5. What was the oldest Bitcoin? Okay, I got a Bitcoin here. I bought for $3,200. I spent $5 of it. That's a bookkeeping nightmare. Yeah, because you're not going to do that if I buy, like, let's say I go to Mexico and I exchange money and then my money ends up becoming worth a lot more. It's That's all just 
good news to me, right? I'm not having to pay any taxes anywhere on that money. Well, in that case scenario, it is. But if you were sitting here and you said, I'm going to invest in foreign currencies and you bought a million dollars worth of uh, pesos and it went up and you sold it, you'd be paying the, uh, but not in your scenario where you're down. No one would know. You know, as long as you're not coming back over the border with $10,000, because that's where you've got to claim it at is $10,000. Yeah. That's another thing. Notice of $10,000. So if I go out the country with my phone, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I do, but I might have $15,000 on my phone if Bitcoin had a great run. So do I got to stop and go, oh, I got 15, I can't leave with my phone. I mean, you know. You know, because technically that would be breaking down. So I imagine when Bitcoin hit $19,000, there was a lot of people coming in and out of the country with more than $10,000 on their computers and phones. That technically that's against the law. You know? Yeah, I'm not carrying around $20,000 on my phone, especially no, like know. going overseas. Like that's scary. Okay, well there, all right. So that means I still have a ton more questions. Uh, I can, We can wrap it up for this one because I know we're running out of time. Uh, Gary, once I again- I like how we're doing a show. We're just talking. I know. No, I, this is how I like to do shows where it's not like, and it's great. I haven't done a show like this before, so I'm really enjoying this. And I want to make sure everybody knows though, before we go, I'm not like sitting here being a prophet. I'm just talking, you know, and don't take my advice for anything. If you do, you're an idiot. Yeah. I think that's with anything. Like I'm not like I'm pro people figuring it out themselves. Like research yourself. Like I'm not saying go because you listen to this podcast, go buy 20 Bitcoin, uh, because I'm still try- like, I'm, I'm, I just have a lot of, qu- I love investing. I love learning about new things and, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. So we'll have everything on our notes page over at clarifyingcrypto.com. But Gary, give a couple of places again, where people can go to hang, to find you, to find more about your stuff. A couple of good places for them. You can to find go. my main like hub for crypto is cryptopodcaster.com, but uh, my page is garyleland.com. That's where you can find out about me. But everybody should, if you want to learn about Bitcoin, you should subscribe to 4-Minute Crypto. It's on yes. Alexa, it's on Amazon, it's on Pandora, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere. Just 4-Minute Crypto, and that's really one news story every day in 4 minutes or less. You know? Yeah. And I want to make sure everybody knows since this is kind of our opening episode. Yeah. Everything I'm saying, I've read somewhere because I read a lot of content. So yeah. I may not be able to consume all of it and tell you where I've got it at, but it's not like I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. You know, someone much smarter than me wrote a lot of the information I have in my mind. Yeah. You know, I, can, I can remember information. I just don't remember where I got it at. Yeah. Do you have any favorite? I mean, obviously, they should go to your stuff if they want to learn. But do you have any other like favorite places you like to hang out on the internet to learn about? Crypto? Well, I'm a big, I, I consume a ton of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I, and I like um, this week in uh, our Tales from the Crypt. That's oh, a great that's, podcast. It's a great name. Yeah, yeah, it's a great podcast. And it's, um, it, it might be kind of heavy for someone who's just starting though, because they really okay. are kind of technical. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess, you know, now I'm kind of more into technical stuff, you know, yeah. than I was. So it might be, but if you're into Bitcoin and you got the concept down, you want to understand, find out, they, they are great. That's a great show. Okay. They did uh, the two guys from that were on that panel at the end. They did the four people show. Yeah. That was their show. And they get drunk okay. on their show. It's really funny sometimes because whoever comes brings a bottle of liquor and they do it live. And But they talk about good stuff, you know. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I wouldn't I'm, do that. I wouldn't be hosting that podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I've, I've tamed myself up on that side. So uh, when's your next event too? Is it next year? Yeah, August 2020. Okay. So yeah, I'll tell you. A good event, and you should consider going to this one. I just got through um, interviewing um, one of the guys from it is Bitcoin 2020. Okay. And I think it's in March, and the link is, I'll give that out, Bitcoin2020conference.com. That is a great conference. And where is that? It's in San Francisco. Okay. That's the one you were talking about last year, for that you went to last year, right, that you liked? Yeah. I liked it a lot. I'm definitely going back to that again, so I would recommend that. If someone wants to go, that's a crypto conference. I probably have... They're thinking they may have 3,500 people there this year. Wow. It's a big conference. And again, I was just going to say another good one too, because there was a lot of conferences that came around. Everybody had a Bitcoin conference and now those have gone away. And so the ones that are sticking around definitely pique my interest more than the fly by night ones that may pop up here. Yeah. When it was going up, there was 
one every weekend somewhere. Yeah. You know? And now there are not that many, but the ones that are here are good. But then again, if I'm going to tell you about a conference, it's going to probably be a Bitcoin conference because I'm not into the other coins. Which cracks me. And I, I know we got to wrap this up, but it really cracks me up about this because it's not like Bitcoin's down to $80. It's still hovering. Like right now it's down and it's $8,000 yet. That's like when someone says Bitcoin's down, you can go, what is it under 3,500? That's what I bought at in March. (laughs) I mean, exactly. But it's like, Oh, well it's it's, like, when we talk about how all these people bowed out, it's like it, it, it was at 14,000. Like you said, at 14,000 in May. And he's like, Oh, not good. It was like, another thing I think that we should really make sure people know if we're like giving them any kind of advice, because this is kind of like our like starting show is. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know this fact because I hear this a lot. You know, Bitcoin may be $8,000 and something today, but you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. No. You can buy half a Bitcoin, a quarter of a Bitcoin, a thousandth of a Bitcoin. You can buy $5 worth of Bitcoin. Exactly. I was going to say $100 worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, because I run into people all the time ago, oh, wow, it's just too high. I don't have $8,000 laying around. Well, you don't yeah. have to, you know, have $8,000. No, I've been testing out uh, different brokerages like to buy Bitcoin. And I think on one, I have like 0.0026 Bitcoin. I mean, just on one of them, it's, and it's, it's goes up and down when Bitcoin does. So it's I found $25 you know, worth of Bitcoin the other day on a, something I didn't even know it was on there. So I was like, Oh, well, let's get this off of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's one yeah. Of so I probably have some more somewhere. I think it was an affiliate for an exchange or something that I had signed up to. So, yeah, so you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin to get into Bitcoin, but start following it first. And yeah. Get a little bit. Yeah, another thing that's good advice for people, I think, is to maybe buy, if they've got, if they can afford it, buy $100 worth of Bitcoin and watch it. Because they yeah. certainly probably aren't going to go, oh, my gosh, I've lost everything I own because I lost $100. That's but then like they got some skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. And if you've got some skin in the game, you're more apt to keep up with what's going on and to watch it. And you see it go up and down, up and down. So when you really start getting into it, you've got kind of a grasp on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I should have called you the first time because I bought it at 7500 And then it went down to 35 And I'm kicking myself that I didn't buy more because I got well, That must be where I bought at that last time was 35 Yeah, it was like, it was like a year ago. Mm. Okay. I don't remember, but right around, but I was like, Oh God, did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake? And then it went right. I'm like, damn it. Why didn't I buy more at 3,500? But that's that's the thing. People like to buy high and or buy, uh, buy high and sell low. That's what most people do. Yeah. Buy high and sell low. Yeah. I didn't sell. Yeah. Yeah. I held on. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Just should have bought more, but I've learned my lesson. Just hodl. That's what you Exactly. Well, Gary, thank you so much for doing oh, this. Thank you. We'll be back another week. Uh, I have 50 more topics to talk about. So, uh, we but if you want to learn about Bitcoin, stick with us and uh, we'll teach you something. You'll know something when you get through, right? Yeah. No, I've already learned a lot on this one. So, uh, definitely be watching it. All right, Gary, thank you so much. Thanks.